Hello, I'm Pastor Keith Babb III, and I want to thank you so much for tuning into the podcast of the Way Church of Tampa Bay. Our desire is that as a result of the word, that you no longer settle with simply coming to church, but you become the church. I pray that you enjoy this broadcast and that it challenges you, that it convicts you, and that it changes you. Thank you again, and let's enter into today's message. Hallelujah. Can we all stand to our feet? I honor the Lord for his presence this morning. So grateful for this spirit of reverence in the Lord's house. I don't know if if we know the words that we just uttered, but when the Bible speaks of Yahweh, it speaks of the name of God that's too sacred to be spoken. Did y'all hear what I just said? Whenever we declare Yahweh, in biblical times, the Jewish people would realize that Yahweh was the sacredness of God that was too much to be spoken. When you know how big God is in your life and how much he's done, he's just too good to be spoken of. So if we could just for a moment before I go into my text, with the lifting of your hands, no clapping, but with the fruit of your lips, begin to tell the Lord how much you love him, how much he means to you, how worthy he is. Come on, with the fruit of your lips, we bless your name. God, you are too worthy to even be spoken of. But God, we thank you, God, that you give us this opportunity to worship you. Come on, everyone in this house, begin to lift up his name. Begin to declare how good he is. For Father, you are worthy and worthy to be praised. Thank you, God, that you've given us breath in our bodies to bless your name. Thank you, God, that you've given us the use and activity of our limbs to lift our hands and worship your name. Father, you are worthy. There are no words to express our love for you. There are no words to express your worthiness in our lives. But God, with the fruit of our lips, we bless your name on this morning. And now seal that with a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. We lift you high this morning. Let us take up our Bibles if you have them. I want us to go to John chapter 14. John chapter 14. So good to see many of you in the house of the Lord this morning. It always strengthens my heart, strengthens the journey that the Lord has me on when I can see your faces. I want us to look at verse number 15, and I also want us to look at verse number 21. We've been on this series called, Do You Love Me? Um, Speaking of our love towards God. It's one thing to say we love God, but it's another thing to really know if we really love him. I want us to look at John chapter 14, verse 15. I'm reading from the New Living Translation of the Bible. The Bible says, if you love me, keep my commandments. This is Jesus speaking to his disciples. If you love me, keep my commandments and watch he jumps down to verse number 21 and he says he who has my commandments keeps them and it is he who loves me 
and he who loves me will be loved by the Father. And I will love him and manifest myself to him. That's good news to me, y'all. The Bible says those who keep his commandments is he who loves me and he will be loved by the Father. And I will love him and manifest myself to him. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I want to minister from this thought this morning. A holy love. Somebody say a holy love. I don't need nobody loving me if you can't love me with a holy love. To be righteous in the simplest terms is to be right before God. So we've heard this term in church and they said you got to be righteous. All that really means is that we're right before God and anybody in their right mind wants to be right before God. You never want to find yourself in the hands of an angry God. So we always in this journey called life, we want to find ourselves, somebody say righteous. In other words, right before God. So that means void of righteousness. Your love for God will never be right before him. My my desire is that God finds my love for him right before him. But he says this, that I have to first now be righteous. And this is why Romans 12 and 1 admonishes us with these words. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God. In other words, the love of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Holy. Somebody shout holy. Acceptable acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. So in other words, I don't know what they taught you in your former church. I don't know what you thought Christianity was all about. But holiness is your reasonable service. That means that's the least that you can do is live holy. Somebody say that's the least you can do. And watch this. Holiness is also the reason that our love is accepted by God. So God is saying the least you can do is live a holy life. And the only way that I'm going to accept your love for me is if you are holy. Uh, Tell your neighbor, I've got to be holy. I've got to be holy. In other words, the old saints would say holiness is still right. They'll say it's still right. The old, where are the mothers of the old that would say holiness is still right? And holiness is right because it makes us right before God. The only reason that the old church mothers would push us to walk in holiness is because they wanted us to be right before God. I don't want to be right before the pastor. I don't want to be right before the evangelist. I don't want to be right before the apostle. I want to be right before God. And watch this. A lot of Christians live their life trying to be right before men, but not right before God. We, we, we try to make it look like we got it all together. So our pastor would say, you're doing well, but I want God to say, well done. And if we want God to say, well done, we have to walk in holiness. Therefore, the critical questions we got to ask ourselves is, how do we walk in holiness so that we can walk in a love that is pleasing before God? I, I'm not going to make this so deep this morning because y'all probably saying that's just too deep to walk in holiness. But I need us to understand something. It's important to note, despite what you believe, holiness is a pursuit. As long as you're on this earthly journey, holiness is a pursuit. And I need us to understand something. When we are saved, and I'm I'm, going to teach for a little bit, we are positionally holy. In other words, God no longer sees us as a sinner. He sees us as a saint. So as soon as you give your life to Christ, you're positionally holy. In the sight of God, God says, no longer do I see you as one who is going to be condemned, but I I now see you as one who will have eternal life. So I just need you to understand that when we get to see God in glory, we are perfected in holiness. In other words, 
words, we have these new heavenly bodies, heavenly bodies. Somebody say perfected. And we find that in 1 Corinthians 15, 44, we have these perfected bodies. But yet, while on earth, we're called to pursue holiness. The Bible says, without holiness, no man shall see God. So if I want God to show up in my life, I've got to pursue holiness. And maybe the reason that God has not showed up in your situations, that God has not arised in your difficult places, is because you are not holy. Because if I want to see God show up in my life, somebody say, I got to be holy. And this is why the Bible, throughout the Bible, we find this, the, these terms about pursuing holiness. Uh, so I know you're positionally holy. I know when you get to glory, you'll be perfected in holiness. But while you're on earth, somebody say, while I'm on earth, I've got to pursue holiness. And notice what Hebrews 12, 14 says, and work at living a holy life. It's a work. To, it, it takes work to live holy because, you know, it's easy to cuss, but it's, it, it takes work to live holy. It's easy to slap your neighbor, but it takes work to live holy. Somebody, I got to I got to work on it. Somebody say I got to work on it. So so that so our text is saying that we have to work to live a holy life because watch this for those who are not holy will not see the, the Lord. I believe our foundational text reveals how we can pursue both holiness and pursue a love that pleases the Lord. Jesus himself tells his disciples that if you love me, you will allow your my word to wash over you. If you really love God, you're going to allow his word to wash over you. In other words, somebody say his commandments. And if we say we love the Lord, then we have to do likewise. Notice something about in Ephesians 5.26. The Bible says to make her holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of God's word. It is his word that washes over us. That makes us holy. Yeah, that's good news that I just need to allow the word to wash over me. Tell your neighbor, I need the word to wash over me. And as long as I allow the word to wash over me, God now accepts my love that I declare over for him. And I believe our foundational text reveals how we might be washed by the word and that we might have this holy love that is found in his will. Uh, Because I need us to understand something. Holiness is is love. If I say that I love my spouse, I've got to love her with a holy love. Not that love that your grandma taught you, not that love that you saw on that show, the love is blind. No, you've got to have somebody say a holy love. And God says, if you love me, your love has to be holy. So I want us to walk the text and I want us to see how can we wash by the Lord's word so that we might walk in holiness and the Lord be pleased with our love. Notice what verse number 15 says. The Bible says, if you love me, keep my commandments. I I need us to understand something. It's important to note that you can't keep what you have not first been given. The Bible says that if you love me, keep my commandments, but I can't keep anything that has not been, in other words, entrusted unto me. So holiness requires receiving God's word, but it also requires having revelation of God's word. How many of us have set up in church and received the word, but no revelation of that word? Because I can't walk out a word that I have no revelation upon. So the first thing I need us to understand, if I want to walk in a level of holiness, if I want the word to wash over me, I don't want to sit in a church to receive a word that I have no revelation over. 
Ah, somebody say, I need revelation. Because watch this, neither can your life nor your love be transformed by a word void of having truth of God's word. In other words, somebody say understanding. understanding. And notice what Jesus declares to his disciples in Luke 8 and 10. Notice what the Bible says. To you it has been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. But to the rest it is given in parables. Seeing that they may not see and hearing that they may not understand. In other words, Holiness requires God giving us his word. In other words, somebody say entrusting. God entrusted the mysteries of his word to his disciples that it might manifest holiness in their lives. Transformation. And in like manner, God must give us the word. But better yet, we need God to entrust us with the mysteries of his word. Uh, and, and, and here's why I say this. Somebody may be asking, how can I ensure that God will give me the word? I, I know I go to church. I know I open up my Bible. I know I try to read every night. I know I try to pray every night. But Pastor Keith, that just sounds too deep. How, how do I get God to entrust me with his word? Here, here's what I need us to understand. God will never entrust you with a, with a mystery of his word that you have no intentions to be equipped by. So, so did y'all catch what I just said? You can sit in church, but if you have no intentions to be equipped by that word, God will never entrust you with the mysteries of that word. So my posture has to be, God, I want to be equipped by your word. This is why you got church folk that still live, watch this, like they live in hell because they do not want to be equipped by his word. So if I want God to give me his word, watch this, God will never give you a word that you don't want that word to work on you. God, God, so if you're going to give me a word, God calls that word to work on me. And the reason why many of us don't have a holy love is because we don't want that word to work on us. We know, watch this, that I'm supposed to love my wife as Christ loved the church. But God, I don't want that word to work on me. And that's why you'll never be able to love somebody say with a holy love. You don't want to love your enemy. So God will never waste revelation on you. You want to be bitter. You want to find out how you can catch them in something. You want to find out how you can take vengeance upon yourself. You don't want to love your enemy. So God ain't going to waste revelation. Somebody say God ain't going to waste revelation. Listen, you don't want to forgive those who sinned against you. So God will never waste revelation on you. I can preach till I'm blue in my face about how you're supposed to forgive those that have sinned against you. But if you don't want that word to work on you, tell your neighbor, God ain't going to give you revelation. And listen, you don't want to turn the other cheek. So God will never waste revelation on you. You want to tell you want to give them a piece of your mind. God ain't going to waste revelation on you. And somebody may be saying, why is revelation so critical to our holiness? Because watch this. Revelation gives us wisdom about how to walk out his word. The reason why it's necessary for me to not not just receive a word, but I need revelation. Because I need to know, how do I not walk this out? God, I know you said that I should love my enemies But how do I do that in a practical sense? God, you don't know how they treated me. How can I forgive those that have sinned against me? Somebody say, I need wisdom. 
So, so I need God, and only way that God is going to give me wisdom when he knows that when he gives me a word, I'm going to cause that word to do a work on me. Somebody say, Lord, let your word do a work on me. And if your posture can always be, Lord, let your word do a work on me, he'll always give you wisdom with his word. That's good news to me, y'all. I don't want to spend my whole life in church. I don't want to spend my whole life reading his word and his word never transform me. That, that, that my love does not look like how the world's love looks, but it looks like somebody say a holy love. We need God to give us, give us his word. Notice this. God will never give you wisdom concerning a word that you have no intentions on walking out. Notice what 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 1 through 2 says. The Bible says, let a man so consider as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. In other words, we've been called to be stewards or faithful over the mysteries of God. But moreover, it's required in stewards that one be found faithful. God ain't going to give you his word if you're not going to be faithful to fulfill it. So I got to know that, God, if I want you to transform my love, transform my life, that I'm going to allow that word to work on me. Revelation requires stewardship. And watch this. So does holiness. So here's the critical questions we got to ask ourselves. Will we be faithful to fulfill the word that the Lord gives us? I don't want and I need y'all to hear this. And I said this before. God is not in the business of wasting seed. Hear what I just said. God is not in the business of wasting seed. So if you're not going to be faithful to fulfill the word that the Lord has given you, he'll stop giving you words. And I never want to find myself in a position as a believer on this journey where God, I'm searching for a word and God won't give it to me. Because God says you weren't faithful over the word that I gave you before. And the Bible says they, they who are faithful over a few things, he'll make you ruler over much. So if you can't be faithful over the first word, why would I give you a word in this season? Will you be faithful to fulfill this word over your life? And watch this. In other words, will we allow that word to work on us? Oh, that's a critical question because we'll never be able to love God's people nor God void of having revelation concerning his word. And I said this before, you can't love people any kind of way. You cannot love people any kind of way and you cannot love God any kind of way. So, God, I need you to instruct me by your word how to love you. God, I need you to instruct me on how to love people that get on my nerves. Did y'all hear what I just said? Because when that one at my job is getting on my nerves, somebody say, I need wisdom. The one that I know slandered my name and I, and I put all of my heart into you, I need wisdom to know how to love you. So we got to ask God, give me your word. But God, when you give it to me, cause your word to do a work on me. Who say that again? God, cause your word to do a work on me. You need to understand, watch this, you need wisdom or revelation to understand how to love your husband through submission. We talked about that in marriage class. Many folk don't know how to love, and the Bible says submit one to another. We'll never know how to love people by way of submission because that don't look like love, that look like slavery to many of y'all. 
I'm not going to be no, I'm not going to submit to nobody. I'm my own person. But God says you need to submit one to another. So I need revelation. Somebody say I need revelation. Man, I need revelation to understand that. You need revelation or wisdom to understand how to love your wife through sacrifice. And you need revelation to understand how to love people. Watch this. Despite their sin. There are people who have not only um, that not only sin that make it hard to love them, but also those who sinned against you. I heard Dr. Copeland said this. What happens when people sin against you? The, the, the people that abuse you, the people that talked you and called you out of your name. You need revelation to understand how to love those kind of people, because in my flesh, my flesh don't want to love them. So, God, you got to give me wisdom. You got to give me revelation. Because, listen, if you don't give me wisdom or revelation, I'm going to do something and my flesh is going to respond and not my spirit. Whew, I, know, I don't know if y'all feeling me, but some folk make it hard to love them. And when it's hard to love them, it's hard to love them with a holy love. So, God, I need your, somebody say, revelation. Because in order to walk in holiness and for that holiness to allow us to walk in love, we need to be given his word. So hear this. I need y'all to catch this and catch this good. It's not enough for you to sit under a word. It's not enough for you to receive a word. But you got to get revelation concerning that word. In other words, that God can entrust you with the mysteries of his word. And the only way somebody say it's the right posture. In other words, I got to lay down my flesh and I got to say, God, I'm going to allow your word to do a work on me. And if God can do a work, on, if you allow that word to do a work on you, God will give you wisdom concerning his word. So the first thing I needed us to understand, if we want a holy love, we have to be given his word. Now, let's look at verse number 21. The Bible says in the first portion of verse 21 is that he who has my commandments. Our lives can never be transformed by the word when that word is not the light of our lives. Your, your, your life will never be transformed unless the word is the light of your life. OK, I need you all to hear that. In other words, does God's word guide you or better yet govern you? I, I, that's that's a critical question. i got to ask myself. God, does your word guide me in this journey? And or better yet, does your word govern me, govern me? Somebody say govern me. In other words, I believe I have it on our screen. Notice this. Is his word the source of your direction? When, when you're lost, when you need to know what, 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 where to go, is his word the source? Is his word the source of your decisions? Do you just follow your heart? Do you just do what everybody else do? Or is his word the source of your decisions? And even this, is his word the source of your discernment? You know, folk will try to discern situations. And me and my wife were watching something the other day. I know you like the horoscopes. Y'all don't like that. I know you think that this horoscope matches my life. But if it's not, the word is the source of your discernment. Somebody say it's demonic. See, y'all don't like that. I'm not I'm not trying to be funny, but I'm going to give it to you. Somebody say in his word. Uh, And why the answers to these questions so critical? Because watch this. When his word is not the source of your direction, decisions and discernment, then the directions you take, the decisions you make and the discernment you conclude are all subject to be demonic. Somebody say unholy. unholy. Notice this. I'm going to give you a Bible. 
Notice what 1 Corinthians chapter 3, 19 through 20 says. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. Somebody say demonic. For it is written, he catches the wise in their own craftiness. And again, the Lord knows of the thoughts of the wise and they are futile. Somebody say demonic. In other words, when God's word is not the source of my directions, my decisions, my discernment, watch this, they're useless to me. And not only are they useless, they're godless. Somebody say demonic. And how many of us have made decisions, have directed our life, have even made some conclusions, what we call discernment, and watch this, God was never in it. And we wonder why it never worked out the way we wanted to work out, because his word was not the source. So here's the next thing I need us to understand. If we want our love to be holy, if we want to walk in this level of holiness, then, then, then his word has to govern us. So I'm going to say govern. Because watch this. They, his word, because watch this. It's not, the sad reality is that we have believers that are demonic. Not because they freely hold hands with Satan, but because the, the, his word is not their source. You don't have to be, no, listen, you don't have to be no satanist. You don't have to do um, demonic worship. You ain't got to be casting no spells to be considered demonic. You ain't got to be holding hands with the enemy. But when his word is not your source, that means the world is, and that means you're demonic. There is no in-between with God. It's either holy or the unholy. See, and many of us don't like that. And we wonder why when we're calling on God, in the midst of our pits that God ain't showing up. We wonder why when we get into situations that are so tight that we need to be rescued from and we wonder why God has not showed up. Because what the Bible says, what fellowship has light with darkness? And what we're really saying when his word was not our source that we're operating, somebody say in darkness. God has no fellowship with darkness. And if we need God to show up, we need to be governed by his word. And watch this. You can be easily sabotaged by another when his word is not your source. You can easily slander somebody's name when his word is not your source. And watch this. You can easily sin against somebody when his word is not your source. You can be easily be a demonic disciple when his word is not your source. I need y'all. I hope y'all hear me this morning. And this is why if we want to walk in holiness and walk in a holy love that pleases the Lord, we've got to be governed by his word. Notice this. Our desire must be that of the psalmist in 119.105. The Bible says, your your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. God, before I take another step, God, let me consider your word. God, God, before I make another decision, God, Let me consider your word. God, before I make a conclusion about a a future spouse, about a business agreement, about a school endeavor, let me, somebody say, consider your word. I never want God to find me operating in the demonic. And if I don't want that, I've got to consider his word. In the simplest terms, I'm going to make it plain for y'all. This is what it means to be governed by his word. Before I move is his word on my mind. 
Before I move is his word on my mind. In other words, before I move is it his word that will move me. Did y'all catch what? I need y'all to catch that. I don't want us to be distracted. Before I move, it does his word move me. I want every step that I take that is guided by his word. I don't want to move before his word can move me. And many of us, watch this, have moved before God. And we think, I'm going to love them this way. I'm going to do it my way. I'm going to do it. This is how I feel like it should be done. And we move ahead of his word. And whenever you move ahead of his word, you move in an unholy manner. Somebody say, that's demonic. Oh, that's demonic. So, so notice this. Because we, we cannot be cleansed by his word until we first consider his word and all that we do. This means, watch this. Before you try to confront your enemy, we need to consider his word. I know you want to confront them, but you need somebody to say, consider his word. Before, watch this, we get a lot of saved folk that want to counsel the black backslider. But before you counsel the backslider, you may want to consider his word. How many of us have run off backsliders because we did not consider his word before we made counsel to the backslider? And watch this, before you correct your spouse, somebody say, consider his word. Listen, because I may come out of character if my wife tries to correct me before she considers his word. Y'all don't like that. Because if you do not consider his word, watch this, it will not be holy. And the outcome will not be holy as well. Don't come to me if you have not first considered his word. I'm telling you, listen, y'all. I know that Pastor Keith looked like he got it all together, but I did not look like this before. And watch this. If somebody don't consider their word before they come to me, I may look like what I'd look like somebody say before. Oh, see, y'all ain't feeling me on that. Let some folk come at you the wrong way. I know, watch this. I need y'all to catch this too. Here's the word of wisdom. Something can be correct, but not cleansed by his word. That means I know I need to counsel the backslider. But if you counsel him without being cleansed by his word, somebody say you can find yourself in some trouble. You, you can find, and therefore even what's correct, watch this, won't be willingly received. Did y'all catch what I just said? It may be correct, but somebody say, I need it cleansed. So I know my wife may have treated me in the wrong way. But if I don't allow God to cleanse even what I think is correct, she won't receive it. Somebody say, that's not love. So God, I need you to cleanse. Notice this. Notice what 1 Corinthians 13 and 1 says. Though I speak with the tongues of men, I know you so deep and of angels. But have not love, you become a sounding brass or a clanging some. They won't even hear you. Somebody say, I've got to be holy for them to hear me. So I know you right. I know they did you wrong, but you've got to be holy for them to hear you. Because if I don't come correct, somebody say it won't come at all. Oh, you better somebody say you better come correct. Listen, because I'm still wrapped in flesh. Oh, y'all. See, y'all don't like that kind of talking. Watch this. This means consider his word before you try to talk to people. Because when you talk to people in love, they're more willing to listen. 
And maybe the reason that people can't stand when you talk to them is because you did not consider your word when you talk. Did y'all hear that? You may have all the answers. You may know the Bible from front to back. I know you just so deep. I know you just got this special relationship with God. But the reason why folk maybe can't stand when you talk to them is because you never consider God's word when you do talk. God, I need, I know that, that they did me wrong. God, I know that what I'm doing is correct. But God, before I speak, somebody say, cleanse my words. And the only way that my words are going to be cleansed, somebody say, by his word. So here's the next thing I need to understand. If I want a holy love, if I want to speak with holy language, I've got to be governed by his word. Somebody say governed. Governed. And I'm going to be out your way. Notice the last portion of our text. The Bible says, and keeps them, it is he who loves me. We can obtain the mysteries of his word. And we can even desire to be ordered by his word. But it is those who obey his word that walk in holiness. I don't care if you know all the mysteries of God. I I don't care even if you have a desire. Because you know a lot of folk have a desire to lose weight, but they never commit to lose weight. You got a lot of folk that desire to do a lot of things. They desire to be disciplined, but they don't know how to walk out discipline. So God does not care about you having these mysteries. God does not even care about your desire. Someone say he cares about my obedience. So if I really want holiness to manifest in my life, somebody say I got to obey. Notice what 1 Samuel chapter 15 verse 22 says. The Bible says obedience is far better than sacrifice. Because obedience to his word glorifies his word. And, it, and watch this, when it glorifies it, his word, it also glorifies him. So in other words, obedience to his word is a reflection of him and it is a reflection of holiness in us. If I want God's love to emanate from my life, if I want God's love to be a reflection of who I am, somebody say I got to walk in obedience. It does not matter how many scriptures you know if you don't obey that word? It don't matter how much you lay on your face and labor before God and soak yourself in oil. You just got oily floors and oily sheets unless, watch this, you obey. God's saying, I need more folk that will obey rather than sacrifice. We got folk that come to church day after day, but nobody wants to be obedient. And you wonder why the world ain't got nothing, don't want nothing to do with us. Because we can come around here and shout. We can say we done praise the Lord. We done had a good time. And we walk out of this church and act like heathens. And then we want to say that was so holy. And God says obedience is far better than your sacrifice. I know you're a part of ministry after ministry. I know all of that. I know you just got ordained, but you don't know how to obey. Therefore, the critical question we got to ask ourselves is, watch this. How often is his word glorified in me? Oh, that's good news, y'all. How often is God's word glorified? Somebody say in me. Our desire should be God. Glorify your word in me. And the only way that his word is glorified in us is someone to say, when I obey. Yeah. 
Notice this. Notice what 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 11 through 12a says. Therefore, we may also pray always for you that our God will count you worthy of this calling and to fulfill all the good pleasure of his goodness and the work of faith with power that the name of our Lord Jesus Christ may be glorified in you and you in him. It is not until you fulfill his word that God is glorified in you and you in him. Oh, somebody say I need to fulfill his word. Oh, I need to fulfill his word. So our, in, in our ability to be faithful to fulfill his word causes him to be glorified in us. Oh, that's good news. This is why our foundational text reminds us it is those that who obey his word are those who love him. So hear this. Our inability to glorify his word, watch this, causes us to fail to glorify him. The Bible says that we live to give God glory. And, the, and we wonder, it's not about shouting. It's not about dancing. It's not about how well we praise. But God says the way you give me glory is by how well you are faithful to fulfill my word in your life. Yeah, yeah. So oh, if I really want God to be glorified in me, somebody say I got to be faithful to his word. And whenever we fail to be faithful to fulfill his word, we fail to glorify him. The very reason that God gives us existence in the earth is to glorify him. He wants us to be examples in the earth realm that God deserves glory. And the only way that we truly give God glory is somebody say is by obeying. Is by obeying. Watch this. Someone fails to see him when we fail to fulfill his word. Somebody needs to see God. But the reason he can't see God in you, he, we know what church you go to. We know when you were licensed and ordained. We know all these titles you got. We know all of that. But I want to see God in you. And the only way that we see that people can see God in us is when we're faithful to fulfill his word. Glorify his word. Oh, so if we're going to love God, if we're, if we're going to love people, we've got to glorify his word. Somebody say glorify his word. So hear this. We've got to ask ourselves, who do we cause to fail to see him because we fail to fulfill his word? Watch what Paul says. Paul says this in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 2. You are a living epistle. Written in our hearts, known and read by all men. That means somebody is watching us and waiting to see, will we glorify his word? I know that this Bible says that you should love your enemies, but I've never seen that word glorified in you. I know that I'm supposed to forgive those who, who, who have sinned against me, but I've never seen that word glorified in you. I know that the Bible says that I should turn the other cheek, but I've never seen that word glorified in you. How can somebody believe the Lord, the love of God, if the word of God is not glorified in you? Did y'all hear what I just said? How can somebody believe the love of God if the word of God is not glorified in us? And I'm not saying that we're going to be perfect, but our pursuit should be God, 
as much as possible. Allow your word to be glorified in me. Somebody needs to know your love. Somebody needs to see a display of your love. And watch this. Somebody say, I'm a living epistle. Say, Say this, somebody's watching me. Somebody's watching you. And you might be the reason that somebody can receive the love of God, but it will require that you be good, you glorify his word. And this is why if we desire to walk in holiness and walk in a holy love, then we must glorify his word. I'm done, y'all. Holiness helps us love God and love God's people. Listen, if you don't walk in holiness, you can't really love God and you can't love God's people. Because watch this, people will get on your nerves. God, I need, and watch this, people are hard to love. And, and listen, I'm not trying to, listen, I, I, y'all can feel me and you cannot feel me. I, listen, I'm married to my wife, but there are times where it's hard to love her. So I need God to endow a level of holiness in me that I might know how to love my wife when it's hard to love her. And I know, listen, I know the pastor ain't good. But sometimes it's hard for my wife to love me. Because somebody say I'm wrapped in flesh. So she needs a level of holiness to know how to love me. Somebody say it's hard to love folk. Y'all can be funny if y'all want. It's hard to love folk. God, you got to endow holiness in me. If we can be honest, it's hard to love some people. If holiness does not help me. Somebody say holiness help me. Some folk that have did me wrong, I need holiness to help me. This is why we got to pursue holiness so I can love the folk that is hard to love. And watch, there's some folk in your family that's hard to love. There's some folk that we sleep with that are hard to love. So we need holiness to help us. And this is why we got to be given this word. God, when these folk get on my nerves, you got to give me some revelation about how to love them. Because if it was up to me, it wouldn't be no love they're going to receive. It's going to be something else. So, God, you got to give me some wisdom about how to love them. God, God, I, help me before my flesh responds. Let righteousness respond before me. So, God, I need to be guided or better yet governed by your word. Tell me before I make a decision because that decision going to cost them. It may cost me, but it's going to cost them too. So, God, govern me by your word. And God, not only do you do I need you to govern you me by your word, but God, I need your word to be glorified in me. God, I want to fulfill your word. I want to want to be faithful to fulfill your word. It's this righteousness, watch this, that reflects our love for him. That God knows our love for him by way of the holiness that we walk in. God, it's one thing to know. That your kids know, or I better say, better, better yet, that a kid would want to know that their parent really loves them. And it's really when they do the difficult things that we ask our kids to do, that they tried so hard to do what was hard. They were so faithful to obey the difficult things that I'm requiring of them. That reminds me, man, my kids really love me. They're doing all they can, watch this, to please me. That's how God looks at us. When I'm, when I'm asking you to do the hard things, I know your daddy has not been in your life. But the very fact that you're trying to do the hard thing, I know you love me because I've asked that of you. I know. Watch this. The Bible says that the saved wife will sanctify the unbelieving husband. Even when that husband ain't treating you right. 
what you're doing, what your word says. God looks down and says, I see you doing the hard thing. And I know you love me. I want God to be able to look down upon us and see us doing, somebody say, the hard thing. And he'll know that he loves me. And watch this. Notice this. Consider the latter portion of our verse in, in verse 21. The Bible says, and he who loves me will be loved by the Father. And I will love him. I think, I think that's the greater the testimony. This means not only does our holiness reflect our love for God, but now this love is reciprocated. You know how many folk we can love and won't love us back? You know how much energy and effort we can put in the folk, and that, that energy and effort is never reciprocated? God says if you can love with holiness, that love that you dispense out, I'll deposit it right back into you. That's good news to me, y'all. That God's love, the love that we display, God will reciprocate that back in our lives. I don't know about y'all, but when folk won't love you, when you get into a place where you need somebody to love you, God says if you love in the right way, I'll love you right back. Ooh, come on, let's stand to our feet. I know this is difficult. And listen, I want you to get those people on your minds that it's hard to love. Listen, I had to go through a journey, even with my father, when I just said, God, I'm just being a good son. Why, why is my father not in my life? God said, maybe you're not loving him with a holy love. Get that person that is hard to love. That person that probably walked out on you. That person that probably slandered your name. God says, I want you to love him with a holy love. Father, I pray and intercede on behalf of your people. And matter of fact, God, some of us have a hardened heart concerning people. There are people, God, that have abused us. God, there are people that have called us out of our names. God, there are people that have slandered our names. God, there are people that we have tried to love and they have yet to love us back. God calls our heart to now be softened. Let us love them with a holy love. God, we, we, we ask first, God, for your forgiveness. We've been trying to love people in the way that we think we should love them. Matter of fact, God, righteousness has not responded, but our flesh has. And God, you are not pleased. So God, we first ask for forgiveness. Forgive us, God, we pray. And now God, help us have a, to have a holy love. God, we need to have a holy love. So God, give us your word. Not just receive a word, but give us revelation. God, we don't know what to do with the one who has abused us. So give us revelation on how to love them. God, we don't know what to do with the one who is talking and called us out of our name. Give us revelation. God, we don't know what to do, God, with the one who is plotting our demise. God, we work alongside them. Matter of fact, God, some of us are sleeping in the same bed with the so-called enemy. Help us, God, to know how to love them. Give us wisdom according to your word. And God, now we pray, God, to govern us by your word. God, many of us have responded with our flesh. God, matter of fact, if it was up to us, we would kill them. Matter of fact, God, we would want somebody to take them out and we would not feel bad. That's for some of us, God. And I know it, God, because I feel it in the atmosphere. So, God, now help us to be governed by your word.
God, let us not make a decision that we will regret. But God, help us move according to righteousness. Let us consider a word before we try to correct somebody. I know we want to give them a piece of our mind. But God, they may catch more than a piece of our mind if we don't consider your word. God, before we try to counsel somebody, help us to consider your word. We need you, God, today. Govern us by your word. And God, now glorify your word in us. Glorify your word in us. Matter of fact, God, if you can glorify your word in us, we may not have to say anything at all because a reflection of your love will emanate from us. And God, that's all we need, your love. Your word declares, God, that perfect love casts out all fear. Help us to walk in that kind of love, we pray. And God, we thank you, God, that as we display a reflection of your love, we can reciprocate, you will reciprocate that love. God, so if our mama don't love us, you will. If our daddy don't love us, God, you will. God, if our family members don't love us, God, you will. So God, we don't, watch this, we don't expect them to love us back. But when we love with a holy love, we expect you to love us back. So God, give us your love, we pray. And we'll give you a holy love to you and others, we pray. And everybody who desires to love the one that's hard to love, say thank God and amen. Give God a hand clap of praise. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I don't know who's watching this morning. I don't know who's in the sanctuary this morning. But somebody may be saying, I get all of this, but do I really have to love the hard people for God to love me? Somebody say, no, you don't. The Bible says in Romans chapter 5 verse 8 that he who knew no sin became sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God. In other words, the Bible says that God demonstrated his love in this, that he sent his only son to die for us. While we were yet sinners, somebody say while I was still in my sin. Somebody say while I was still in my sin. So somebody may be watching and they did not know that God loved you in your mess and all of your, your baggage and all that you were doing to not please him. God says, I sent my son to die for you, to demonstrate my love for you. And you want to receive that love on this morning. All you got to do is three things. The Bible says if you can confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, you can be saved. Somebody this morning needs to be saved. You might be in a sanctuary. Lift up your hands. I want to be saved this morning. You, you want to be saved this morning. All you got to do is believe this, that you're a sinner in need of a Savior. That Jesus is that only Savior. And not only this, the Bible says that even the demons believe, but that I allow Jesus to now Lord over my life. If that's you, I want to pray. Let us pray for that one. Just put it in the comment box. I want to be saved. I want to pray for you. Father, we thank you. Thank you, God, for this one now who wants to receive your love. Thank you, God, for the revelation, God, that you loved us while we were still unrighteous. You demonstrated your love towards us, that you sent your son to die for us. And for that, we say thank you. God, I thank you, God, now that they have made this confession, that they're a sinner in need of a savior, that their savior is Jesus Christ, and that they will now allow the Lord to lord over their lives. We thank you, God, because your word declares if they can confess that with their mouths and believe that in their hearts, they can be saved. 
Thank you, God, for salvation. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Listen, if you made that decision, send us an email to churchoffice at waytampabay.org. Or you can send us a message on Facebook. Somebody will connect with you. We want to help you walk out this journey. And you made the greatest decision of your life. Listen, the Bible declares when one comes, heaven rejoices. So notice this, the angels in heaven are rejoicing because of the decision you made. Can we give God a hand clap of praise for whoever that is who gave their life to Christ? Amen. And lastly, somebody may be saying, I need to be connected with a church family. Listen, I've been, I've, been, I've been traveling, I've been visiting churches, but I haven't found a place to call home. You may be saying, I want to connect with this church. I haven't visited physically, but I feel this connection to the way Church of Tampa Bay. Listen, I'd love to be your shepherd. We'd love to be your church family. So if you, if you want a desire to connect with us, send us an email to churchoffice at waytampabay.org or send us a message on Facebook or YouTube, wherever you're watching, and we'll connect with you. If there's somebody in the house this morning who says, I want to be connected with this church, I want to, make a, I want to become a member, if that's you, just lift your hand. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's give God a hand clap of praise. Listen, if you're going to love... The people that's hard to love and you really believe it, give God a hand clap of praise. And somebody say, Lord, help me. Say, Lord, help me. Love the hard people. Amen. Lord, help me to love Pastor Keith, even when he used me in his sermon. <laughs> Amen. I thank God for that word. It's just on time word, so convicting. And I pray that God really will allow it to take root in all of our lives. I don't know about you, but I stand in there now in the closing prayer. I'm just like, God, I had the individual on my mind. Help me to love them in a holy way. Amen. All right, do we have any first time visitors? Very first time coming to the way. Oh, hi. Welcome. <laughs> Amen. If you don't mind, can you raise your hand just one more time? Someone just needs to be able to identify you. We're going to bring you something. Oh, two. I'm sorry. Is that two? Am I counting right? Hi. Thank you for joining us and worshiping with us. If you all can just lift your hands one more time just so we can see your face. Um, someone wants to give you something. We are very grateful that you decided to worship here. There are a number of churches, so we pray that something was said and done that has made your life better. And um, if you keep your hand up, uh, well, I think they know you, so you can put it down. <laughs> I think they see you now. We just want to give you a token of appreciation and as a gift for you visiting us today. And we pray that you'll join us again. Amen. Just a few church announcements. Our corporate prayer list, we know this, we've said this before. If you would like to be added to our prayer list and are comfortable with us making your petitions known publicly during service, please send an email to churchoffice at waytampabay.org. Um, the rotation now is we're going to keep the prayer requests on for about two weeks. So if there's something that you don't mind sharing with the congregation and we can stand with you in prayer um, in agreement by faith, then we want to encourage you to do that. That's churchoffice at waytampabay.org. Also, all of those interested in joining a praise dance ministry at the way, please contact Minister Danchelle. Minister Danchelle, can you raise your hand just so they can put a um, face with the name? Thank you. Just see her after service if you're interested in joining that ministry, and she'll give you further details about what shall take place within that ministry. 
If you are a small business owner and you are a member of the Way Church, the reason we are emphasizing member of the Way because um, this isn't something that we have open to the public, um, but we want to highlight and patronize our very own this month. And so we have a sign-up sheet in the rear of the sanctuary. I believe it's still back there. For interested business owners, we want the entire congregation to be aware of the products and services that many of our small business um, businesses within the way have to offer. We will host our Small Business Sunday on Sunday, February 27th in the Fellowship Hall. And our point of contact for that is um, Chloe Babb, uh, well, Johnson, Pastor Keith's younger sister. She's not here this morning, but if you see her and you know Chloe and you have information, then reach out to Chloe um, about further details on the Small Business Sunday. Then lastly, we want you to save the date, Sunday, March 20th. We will be celebrating our fourth church anniversary. Amen. What a gracious God we serve that he would sustain us. And after planning a few short years later, we would endure a pandemic. But God has been so gracious and he's been so faithful. And so we want to celebrate that. And this year's theme will be the return, the return of God's people, the rebuilding of God's place and the reviving of our promise here at The Way. Amen. And we actually have already turned four. We're just celebrating in March. So uh, mark that date and please save it if you can avail yourselves. Amen. I believe we're going to have our black history moment. Those are our announcements. I pray that you adhere to them accordingly. So in the month of February, um, we like to highlight and have a black history moment. And so we're going to do that again this Sunday. As many of us know, life as an African-American in the 18th and 19th century was not one of ease. However, despite the challenges faced, many persevered in pursuit of a life better than the one that they had lived. In fact, some even took on the task of making life easier for all of us. Most people have heard about famous black inventions such as the cotton gin or the light or yeah or the light bulb, but there are numerous inventions that are often overlooked and forgotten. And this month, as we do each year, we want to highlight an individual each Sunday who made a significant mark in black history. This year, we have chosen to focus on black inventors. Now, many of these inventions were not the original idea. They were not the original idea. However, their inventions did improve designs that made many of us that many of us use today and has made life easier so today this sunday we're going to highlight sarah boone sarah boone was an african-american dressmaker who made her name by inventing the modern day ironing board how many of you have an ironing board should be all of us right (laughs) all right well boone had to find a way for her dresses to catch the eye of customers by the early 18 um 1890s she hit on something that was tailor-made for the corsets that were popular in that era dressmakers were primarily ironing their clothes on a wooden plank placed between across two chairs a method that was fine for a wide skirt but ill-suited for the contours of tight-fitted material Boone's solution was to create a narrow curved board that could slip into sleeves and allow for a garment to be shifted without getting wrinkled. Her creation was also was padded to eliminate the impressions produced by a wooden board and collapsible for easy storage. In her patent application, she wrote that the purpose of her invention was to produce a cheap, simple, and convenient and highly effective device particularly adapted to be used in ironing the sleeves and bodies of ladies' garments. With this approval in 1892, Boone became one of the first African-American women to be awarded a patent. Amen. We don't have to put two chairs with a large wooden board in between and try to iron our clothes. Now we can adjust all because Sarah Boone and her invention. So we thank God for what she was able to do. 
so simple yet so profound, right? Let's move on to our offering here at the Way Church. We give according to 2 Corinthians 9 and 7, which says this simply. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. It is our desire that every person is a cheerful giver. So how do you remain cheerful in your giving? Well, you need to decide in your heart, uh, whatever God has laid on your heart to give, and you shall give that and just commit to it. Amen. In addition to in-person giving, there are several other ways you can give via PayPal on our site, through Cash App, or even via mail. Please refer to the screens for details, or if you're watching online, look into the comment section, and you shall find that information listed as well on how you can give. And while you're preparing your offering, or if you're using your mobile device to do that, I want to go over with you what we call God's four for four plan. We know that God has promised us a future property. We thank God for this location, but we have to be faithful to the plan that God has given Pastor Keith. And so remember, we are asking that you consistently pray, that you plant, that you promote with all faith that the Lord will provide all that we need plus an abundance. Amen. When you give to our building fund. Please remember to indicate either on the envelope or the electronic description line the words, our land, our land. I know I'm kind of Southern and my words don't come out correctly, but that's O-U-R, our land. (laughs) You want to indicate that. And this will ensure our finance teams tracks the funds appropriately. Um, Our focus scripture for this week is Deuteronomy 27 and 3, I'm sorry, 15 and 4. And so please be mindful of that as you're praying concerning the property. We don't want you to just plant and not pray. We don't want you to just promote and plant. We want you to continue to pray, plant, and promote. Just indicate our land so that we can move that into a savings and it's not used um, for other reasons. Amen. And we can track those funds and know how we're doing in that area. I believe everyone has had an opportunity to give. It looks like um, Mr. Rick is going around if you have an offering in person. Can I ask you to stand to your feet, please? It's Super Bowl Sunday, right? Is it? All right. Mother Iver said, we got to go. And Rick is still collecting offering, and it's Super Bowl Sunday. The Lord is moving. <laughs> the Lord is moving. Amen. I don't watch the Super Bowl, so I don't really care. I don't even know who's playing. Uh, oh, the Rams and who else? And Cincinnati. Okay. I'm going to say the Rams are going to win. I'm just, I'm going to throw it out there and just randomly say, even though I don't watch football. <laughs> Amen. Remember, you still need to love me with a holy love, regardless of what happens. Let us go to God in prayer. Father, we thank you for today, God. I thank you so much for this. Um, time where we have to bend our affection towards you through worship oh God and I thank you so much for the word oh God um, that is always convicting and reminding us of how we should be more like you oh God help us all this week oh God may you bring back every scripture um, every point back to our mind throughout the week so that we may love on others oh God as you have designed for us to love with a holy love one that is patient that is kind that is forgiving that is long-suffering oh God one that is girded up in wisdom and truth so that we're not subjecting ourselves to hurt and pain for no reason oh god help us to love with a holy love god this is our prayer and i pray that you would keep us and i pray lord that you help the rams to win in jesus name amen i'm confident that you didn't stumble upon this podcast by accident because god is sovereign and whenever our sovereign god sends us a message for a reason he wants us to respond my prayer is that you respond by allowing the word to be planted in you so that it produces God's will for your life. Until next time, 
Strive to not simply come to church, but to become the church.